0: Welcome to The Ordinary Show, an ordinary podcast with ordinary guests for ordinary people. Hey, before today's episode, I just want to give everybody a slight spoiler warning. Today, we're going to talk about movies and TV shows, most of which I'm sure you've already seen. Just in case, if you haven't seen it, just be prepared. There might be some spoilers you have to fast-forward past. Thanks. All right. Today, my guest is Bryson Brown. He's a good friend of mine. We went to college together at Louisiana Tech University. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, we have good conversations all the time, so that's why I knew it would be a, he'd be a good guest for the show. He is from New Orleans. He currently lives in New Orleans. He is a supervisor right now for the government, and he, so he's living down there in New Orleans as of today. As we're recording, a hurricane's coming, so I really appreciate him sitting down and, and talking with me today because he's taking time out of the day, especially with everything going on, so I really appreciate you sitting down and, and talking to me, bro. Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, man, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate being one of your guests, man. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. It, it's, it's my pleasure. Uh, talking
0: with talking to you, especially about what we're going to talk about today, is uh one of my... Honest to, honest to God, joys in life. I love t- talking to you about movies, which is we, what we're, we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about movies because I know that uh, you and I are both uh, what some people would call cinephiles, right? We we love movies. And as long as I've known you, that's something that me and you have always been able to connect with together with the over movies. So me and you, any new movies coming out, any random movie we saw, a garbage movie we saw, like, oh, you see this thing, we're talking about it. And so... I, we're going to sit down today, and just talk about your perspective on movies, right? So, uh, anything, anything that you want to say, hey, bro, let it out. Yes, sir. I'm all for it. All right. So, my first question for you is, what makes movies so special for you?
1: Um, The thing about movies that's special to me, movies represent how I want the world to actually be. I wish people talked like they did in the movies. I wish people dressed how they did in the movies. I wish people had, like, a inner good joy about themselves like they did. Like, you know how, like, at the end of the movie, the person that was, like, a bad person, eventually they find that good place in them and they impact things in a a positive way. I wish that Mm -hmm. was the same way it was in the real world, but unfortunately it's not, more often than not. So movies are kind of like an escape for me. It's been that way since I was a child. Like Growing up in New Orleans, seeing the stuff we saw, the things we went through, it's like movies represented an hour and a half to sometimes three hours of just joy like i can escape all the problems i have and that carried on into my adulthood like even now like if a job is stressing me out relationship problems stressing me out i could just put on a movie and just forget all my issues all my problems and i always took joy in it
0: i i 100 agree with that the movies are absolutely for me also they're an escape um they're you know it's a fantasy it's Almost the, the movie worlds that you see are are simpler than the real world, so that way it's easier to root for somebody in the movie, right? Because in, in the real world, people are complex, you know. Are they good? They have good and bad spots. But in, in the movie, this guy, who's the bad guy, who's the good guy, is usually pretty clear, right? So it's, it's easy for you to get lost into a world, right? There's not so much baggage. For, at least for me, it's not so much baggage as there is for the real world. So I absolutely agree. A movie is a great fancy and and escape for me also and getting lost in a movie, man. That's some of the best experience I've ever had in my life.
1: Right. And like with this whole COVID situation with theater's not really being the same, like I know a lot Mm. of people enjoy like the streaming platform and just watching movies at home, but me specifically I love going to the movies. That's like a weekly thing with me. Whether Mm -hmm. I have a date, whether I'm taking my niece, whether even if I go by myself, like going to the movies are like a week. What Well, it was a weekly thing for me. And now with theaters closing and movie studios not really putting out movies, I'm not I never really was. A, well, I'll just stay home and watch it on Fire Stick or watch it on Netflix type of guy. For some things, that's cool. But for a new release, there's nothing like going to a movie theater and vibing with the crowd and. Sitting in those big, comfortable seats and movie popcorn and the theater sound—like it's nothing like that to me. Uh, You—that's know, something
0: I was going to touch on later on in the interview. But since you brought it up, you know, I absolutely agree. The movie—the movie theater experience—is so unique to me. And I—I I don't care, like if a movie comes out on streaming, I'd rather ten out of ten times I want to see it in the theater first before I have to set at home. Sometimes will I watch it home? Yeah. I will, but I would way prefer movie theater experience cause they, the experience is so special to me. Like you said, there, there's just something about being in that dark room or with people experiencing this movie together, going up, getting your snacks. It's, it's it's honestly one of my joys in life. So a lot of I know a lot of studios are talking about like, oh, maybe we just won't release movies in theaters anymore. I'm like, no man, no. Right. You got to still release movies in theaters. Exactly. So, Can you tell me about your best experience in a movie theater? Oh man, so many.
1: Um, uh, I'll just give you some that come to mind. Um, Infinity War was just like a mind blowing experience. Like it was, I never experienced anything like that. Endgame was similar, but it wasn't. Didn't have that same impact that Infinity War did. Like when Infinity War came out that night, like when the Marvel opening credits came on, like the whole theater just stood up and clapped and like i understood it because like this has been a 10-year journey for all of us like everybody and then when endgame dropped and thanos died everybody clapped for thanos it's like i had never seen nothing like that people clapping for a villain but it's like it's been a 10-year struggle for everybody at the time i seen get out and it was like the funniest most weirdest experience for a movie i've ever experienced. It's like emotions were running high and low. People were funny yet scared. It was just a weird experience. But the one the first one that comes to mind for me is is something actually we were in college and i think you were with me that night when we we went to see The Dark Knight in summer yep. 2008. And it's like, that's the one that comes to my mind, It's like Everything. it was a midnight showing cuz Mm -hmm. I remember the theater was like super packed like for every screen it was packed and it's like The Dark Knight isn't a short movie so we were in there for at least between the opening credits to the end to the previews we were in there for at least three and a half hours so we didn't get out there until like three in the morning and the thing was we were just so energetic behind that movie nobody was tired afterwards because we knew we we had seen a classic and it's like I want people to feel that way about my movies when they eventually start coming out. Yeah,
0: yeah no, I, man, that night when we saw dark night, you know, so I remember you had to buy your tickets like a week before. yeah, And then you got there like two hours before the movie even started. And you just sit in the theater, make sure you had your seats and stuff. And the thing I remember about that experience, by seeing the dark Knight in the theater. That's the first time that at least the first it's, it's the first time and really the only time I felt it was genuine. At the end of that movie, everybody stood up and clapped. Yeah. I heard And it wasn't it wasn't like, oh, it, it was forced. Like I see sometimes now I go to like some random average movie and people stand up clapping, like, why y'all stand up and clapping for this movie? Dude? Right. But that movie, it felt I like I really felt like we connected to everybody else in that theater. Like what we had just saw, like it just blew like, whoa. I didn't know like you could make superhero movies like that. Cause I mean, growing up, I you know I love superheroes. So growing up, like, superhero movies were, like, campy, yeah. right? It was like, oh, whatever, right? And then Chris Nolan, he made Batman Begins. I was like, oh, wait, what's going on here with this? But then he made Dark Knight, and it's just, in that theater, everybody connected, and we was like, this is an awesome movie.
1: And a funny thing about that, um, you know how big of a Batman fan I am. I'm, like,
0: oh yeah, a I Batman,
1: know. like, super fan. Like, the crazy thing about that is, when the Dark Knight came out that summer, I didn't see Batman Begins until like two weeks before the Dark Knight came out. Cause I just wasn't really interested in it. Like I just, I didn't see it in theaters. I just never really got a chance to catch it on Blu-ray or on TV. But like two weeks before Dark Knight came out, cause I was going to see Dark Knight anyway, because the whole hype around it about it being like this great movie. And then of course, Heath Ledger's passing. I was like, of course I'm going to see it. But then I'd seen Batman Begins like two weeks before Dark Knight came out, and I was like, blown away by that one too. And it was like, I was hooked, man. And I was like, oh yeah, this guy Christopher Nolan knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, no, Christopher Nolan. Uh, I know a lot of people who are like, you know, snobby. Maybe that they say he makes more just popcorn movies, but I, I really enjoy his movies. I, anytime I've gone to see any of his movies, I know I, I'm having a good time there. I mean Inception, I I watched that frequently. Yes. Inter- Interstellar. Yeah. I wasn't even. I honestly when I went when I was going, I wasn't even
1: expecting anything. I did I was like, oh okay, whatever, space movie. I saw it. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like I went into Interstellar with like not really high expectations, and I was blown. Like it's one of those movies I had to watch like two or three times for it to like fully make sense, not just like on a surface level, but on a deeper level. And then once it was over, I'm like. This is like a beautiful movie. It's not to me. It's not like on Inception level or The Dark Knight level, but it's like pretty high up there.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's a, it's a really good movie. I haven't seen it. In, I have seen it in a while, but I, I wish we wouldn't mind watching it. Again. Have
1: you had a chance to see Tenant yet? I haven't, man. I have not seen Tenet I'm gonna yet. just put it like this. Um, I'm pretty sure you and I are going to have the same views on it because we have the same views on majority of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound editing on that movie was horrible like it was like borderline you couldn't understand anything they were saying like it needed subtitles it was so bad but it wasn't a bad movie it just it was kind of pretentious in a way but it wasn't a bad movie or anything it's just the sound editing was horrible
0: yeah
1: yeah no I'm looking forward to seeing that one Like you know I
0: like Chris Nolan movies uh john david washington is the lead in that movie I, you know, I was excited i think that's the first time that a black man's been the lead in a chris Nolan movie so i was you know i was extra, extra excited mm-hmm. for that uh, uh robert pattinson's in it and robert pattinson is a is a good actor i know he's he's playing batman soon if they ever finish that movie yeah. um but uh robert pattinson aside from a lot of people give him a hard time over twilight but if you see anything he's done after twilight he he really commits to roles when he takes. How
1: do you him. feel about him being casted as Batman?
0: You know, so th- this is the on- my, my honest uh, opinion about that. I trust directors, and Matt Reeves is, is directing that movie, um, the the Batman, I believe it's called. He's directing that movie, and he directed the last two movies in the New Planet Eight yes. trilogy. And those movies, I love those movies. Those I, I own each one of those movies because I just. Was that much? I, I love those movies. So when they said Matt Reeves doing, it, I was like, Matt Reeves knows what he's doing. If he wants, if he's hiring, Robert Pattinson, then Robert Pattinson must be a good actor. And then after he was cast, it was when I started watching more of his movies. I was like, oh, okay, Robert Pattinson can pull this off. He's not a, he's not a bad actor in by any
1: uh, standard. He's not a bad actor. Yeah. Um, like like you said, when he was cast, the first thing <laughs> in my mind, of course, was the dude from Twilight. I got. A- yeah, I remember. we, right. we had times. like a long conversation about this. And like I saw the list of actors that tried out for the role. And it was uh Nicholas Hoult, you know, beast from uh, the X Men movies. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. another one was uh I forgot his name, but he was in Midsummer. He was the boyfriend in Midsummer. Oh yeah. It was him. Yeah. I was patents. So once I saw Robert Patterson was casted, I went to see some of his movies. And it just so happened that I think it's called Good Time or Hard Time, one of them. It was on I, I
0: haven't seen that. It
1: was yet. on Netflix. And once I mm-hmm. put it on and I saw the move the, the logo for 824, I was like, oh 824 did this? So I know at at the least it's gonna be decent. And I watched mm-hmm. it and I was like, okay, I can see like okay, I can this guy has some talent. And then I watched um, the movie with Tom Holland, uh, The Devil All the Time. And I was like, okay, I see where Mm. he's going. Like, I see this guy has some actual talent. And then the trailer for The Batman came out, and I was hooked. I was like, okay, yeah. I I, I get the vision.
0: No. So for people who, who don't know about movie production studios, A24 is probably... The most consistent studio, when far as it comes to like making making just incredible films. Yeah, if you see a twenty four on something, it's going to be a good. Yeah, movie. they like
1: the usually a low budget major studio. If that makes sense, like they did under uh, gems. Yeah, they did a lot of those movies that it doesn't have a big production behind it, but it's a real good movie.
0: I know we're we're talking about movies right now, but they also produced. Rammy on hulu which is a wonderful show if anybody ever gets a chance to watch it rammy there's two seasons on there uh mashallah ali is in the second season he's wonderful and that's in that season uh and a24 produced that tv show so i was like a24 is making a tv show but then when i saw it i was like i didn't yeah. know that i'm gonna have to check no, it out just, once i get home yeah no check it out it's two seasons on there i think there's like eight or ten episodes a season it's pretty good they yeah, he's in. He's in, he's in the second season, not the first one. But in the man, second season. if
1: Mahershala in it, I'm definitely going to check it out because he's reaching Denzel territory in my eye.
0: That man is such a consistently good actor. I I don't
1: know if he might watch the
0: third season of True Detective, but man, man him and that in that season was that was. Good and then actors. I
1: went back and like I started watching some old movies and. I forgot that he was in uh, Benjamin Button. And even in that, he was amazing.
0: Who was he in Benjamin Button? Was, was he the uh...
1: He was Taraji's uh, boyfriend.
0: Okay. I, have to see that. I haven't seen that movie. I don't think I've seen that movie Simply watched it in college. And then He seen was in
1: Moonlight. He did Incredible in that. And of course, he got the role yeah. of a lifetime because he's about to be Blade.
0: He is about to be Blade in the MCU. They they just uh, I was reading a Hollywood Reporter or something. They were put out. Uh, uh, they're looking for black writers. Yeah, man,
1: movie. I saw that and I was going to uh, try to do something, but I was like, I'm not the right person for Blade because, like, in my mind, Wesley Snipes movies are like the source material for Blade. Like, I never read a Blade comic book or anything, but I was heavy into the movies.
0: Yeah, yeah no. Th- the, the first two movies are really good. The third one, though, yeah, you know, you leave. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so t- talking about that because we turned the horrible Blade Trinity is the third one. It's is it's, it's mm-hmm. a really bad movie. Uh, what makes a good movie for you? What what specific elements do you focus on when you look at the movie to see if it's good? And it and does it depend on genre? Because I know a lot, a lot of people will only say, oh, only dramas are good movies, which I don't
1: agree with. But I, I'm asking you your opinion. What makes a good movie uh, what makes that's a very good question I've never been asked that uh what makes a good movie? Of course story um mm-hmm. of course acting but I think the main thing that makes a good movie is the ending like you have to nail the ending you have to nail it because like the first two acts can be wonderful and if the third act doesn't line up is it, it ruins the movie like I remember me and you were talking about this once and I brought up I am Legend. And I was like, the first two acts of that movie was, like, mm-hmm. amazing. But the third act was just bad. And it was stupid. And it was just, it just ruined the movie for me. So, like, like the main thing. Yeah. It's like the casting, of course. Um, but the ending, of course, is, like, to me, the biggest part about what makes a great movie. It separates what makes a good movie from a great movie. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: No, I I absolutely agree. A lot of times, you know, I'll be sitting down, I'll be watching a movie with my wife and she'll be like, what's going on in this movie? What's going on in this movie? It's not, I was like, just give it a chance. I was like, if the ending doesn't close all the loops, tie it all together, then we can say it's bad. But I don't don't like to say movies are bad and I haven't seen the ending yet. I'm like, I can't say it's bad because at the end, I'd be like, oh, I see where you're going with that and it all ties together. So I, you know, That's a good, you know. I never thought of it, but that's a really good point.
1: The ending really is
0: so crucial for the quality. So, since
1: we're on the topic, what's like the best ending of a movie to you? Because I have one in mind.
0: Oh, you mean a specific or just a a type?
1: Like uh, just movies, like anyone. It doesn't have to be one specifically, but just, you know, movies.
0: Inception is a really good ending. I like the way yeah. it ends. It, it and I usually don't like when they, when they leave you guessing, but the way that ended, way they ended, leaving you guessing was really good to me. I, time, um, you know,
1: I forgot his real name. From the time he met his fictional father inside that hospital to the end, was just like brilliant. It was just because like you can tell when inception took place in his mind when he talked to his father in his mind. From that part to the end was just like. Ten out of ten to me, but I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue. No, I I, say, but in
0: general, a movie that's really good to me, at at the end, is when the characters or the story, like if you think of it like like a plane, when the characters or the um, story has just a nice, smooth, solid. And I, I don't like movies where it's choppy, where it's not even. I don't like it when like if we're still using the plane metaphor where the plane's still in the air, that's not good for me. And a lot of studios do that with movies. especially when they're trying to make franchises and they end the movie. It was like, Oh, you didn't resolve the plot. You didn't end this movie. You just left it open so you can make more movies. And that's another thing that really bothers me. Is studios making movies just to make money. Cause that's how a lot of crap movies get made. Cause they're just making it cause they think people yeah, don't perhaps.
1: like it. We learned so, about that in Entourage. I don't know if you remember that. <sighs> Entourage. Yeah. I remember we learned Entourage. about that in Entourage. They, Leave things open so they can have a franchise and make toys for McDonald's meals and stuff like that. That's why they do that. But yeah, to me, the perfect ending of a movie is seven. because mm, like yes. it all right, it all tied up, and then the good guy doesn't win in the end. And it's like it was a situation yeah. that was like you can't tell you can't tell him if he was right or wrong. Because who's to say what you would do if you were in that situation? I probably would have did the same thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, Seven uh, is also is a is a wonderful movie by a, a great director uh, David Kastner, yes. I believe. One of that? the
1: top two or three directors in the world, in my opinion.
0: He, he makes yeah really good movies. Uh,
1: yes, something so simple as like Gone Girl, he turned that into a masterpiece.
0: Or like. You, that's a movie I was really surprised right. by. Gone Girl. Uh, I watched it just because it, I didn't. I did not go to the theater and see that movie. I I think my I think I rented it or it was on HBO or something. I don't know. I remember mean, I just watched it just because I was like, okay, let's just watch this movie, whatever, right? It's a new movie, and I watched. I was like, oh, oh, okay. I didn't know right. it was gonna be like that. Uh, yeah, no, I I enjoyed Gone Girl. That that movie surprised me. I, I, yeah, that, that movie surprised me. I didn't expect. it. He took it to be something so
1: simple as the creation of Facebook and he made it the most dramatic, interesting thing you will ever see.
0: Yeah. Uh, it takes yeah, talent to network. do that, yes. man. Yeah. So I now I remember seeing that in theaters. I don't know if if you were with me that when I saw that in theaters, but yeah. I, that I don't in think
1: theaters. I was. But yeah. What
0: what's the movie you love? A and movie why? I love. Yeah, and the why?
1: The one that comes to mind, and I'm pretty sure you won't be shocked by my answer, but it's Back to the Future. Oh, I like, specifically yeah. the first one because before me and you had a talk about this, Back to the Future Two was always my favorite one of the trilogy, but then you convinced me mm-hmm. that Back to the Future One was the more superior movie, and over time, yeah, Back to the Future has some, Back to the Future Two has some cooler stuff in it, but as far as the story, Back to the Future 1 blows it out of the water. And it's like, yes. I watch it every, anytime it's on TV, anytime I just get the urge to watch it, I just put it on. It's like, it's one of the only movies I can watch, and I watch it like it's the first time. Like, when Marty is at the end, he's trying to go back to 85. I watch it like it's the first time. Like, I'm not sure whether he gets back to 85. Like, I get caught up in it every single time. And it's like, it has to be a special movie for me to feel like that. So, yeah, that's. Do you think? Do you think that movie? You,
0: you feel that way about the movie because of nostalgia, or do you feel that there's really something special about um, that movie?
1: Probably both. Um, nostalgia, because I've been watching it since I was a kid, and the other mm-hmm. reason because it's just a great movie. Like, it has so many things that I'm interested in: time travel. Um, the the effect of time travel, it's, it just has so much stuff that engages me that for me it will always be my number one.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I really enjoy. It. I mean, I think that's also one one of the movies. Though, like when we first were meet were meeting and hanging out in college, and I was like, I was like, you look Back to the Future? I like I love Back to the Future. So yeah, no, I I love Back to the Future movies. I've seen those. I can't tell him seen them I own all three. I, I think. They're on sale on iTunes like 20 bucks. I just bought all like 20 bucks all together, not individually. And I, I bought them. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna watch another movie you did that with
1: so. me with was uh Raiders keep... of the Lost Ark because I always Temple of Doom was the, oh, yeah, right. Ray I always Lost thought Ark Temple is... of Doom was like the superior movie, but then once again, you convinced me Raiders of the Lost Ark was the better movie. Then I watched them and I was like, oh, yeah, he had a point. Raiders of the Lost Ark is like vastly superior to Temple of Doom. It is. And I love Temple yeah. of Doom, but yeah. I, I mean, got, yeah, no, that's why
0: I'm not trying to like just make sound like Temple of Doom is like the worst movie ever, but when you compare it to Raise Lost Ark, it, it's no right. comparison. Raise Lost Ark is far better right. than Temple of Doom. That
1: Back to the Future reference maybe remember that time we were at uh, Zach's apartment and we was drawing whiteboard like we were Doc. You remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. We were trying to explain how each one yeah. of us thought travel would work. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. It was for good times, man.
0: We had a little of mm-hmm. talking about movies. So, you said you love Back to the Future, and we talked about that. What's a movie you hate? A recent why?
1: movie or a movie in general? Any, any movie you hate, and tell me why. You One hate of it. them is Drive. I hate that movie. I just okay. It wow. doesn't get the. It shouldn't get the hype that it does. Um, it's just. It's a very basic movie, in my opinion. Nothing spectacular about it. Mm-hmm. Um, a similar movie to that is uh, a Place Beyond the Pines, and I feel like that was a much better movie than Drive, but it doesn't get half the acclaim for some reason. Um, another one is Crash. Like people were so blown away that the stories were connected, and I was like, "Is this y'all first time seeing this? Like I've seen this like a million times. Why is this the one that gets all the acclaim? Like I just never got the hype behind Crash. I don't hate it, but I don't get the hype. Behind it. And I hate to." Mm-hmm take a crap on no, sure. a fellow brother from new Orleans, but I just cannot get with anything Tyler Perry does. I just can't do
0: it. Yeah, no, uh, have had conversations about Tyler Perry films. Um, and that's not to, uh, nothing is like Tyler Perry movies, but just, uh, we've had conversations about it. I'll say it like that. Asia, uh, but, yeah. yeah. Um, that you know, and this is something that I, I think I've said to you before, and I try to tell you this all time. It's something about movies that I really mm-hmm. want people to understand, right? Just because you like a movie, true, doesn't mean it's good. And just because you don't like a movie, right, doesn't mean it's bad. Um, that's what I like. Some movies are good. And you don't like them. I mean, because there's a movie I'm like, people are like, oh, yeah, this is such a good movie. And I'm like, I, I agree with you. That's a well made movie. The story's great. I just don't like it. But just when what? I don't like it, does not mean it's bad. And so I, that's what I trying to you. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I love that movie. That's a good movie. I'm like, well, wait a minute now. Because there are movies that I, I love. I'll tell you right off the bat. There are movies I love that I know aren't good. But just for nostalgia or whatever reason, I watched that movie all the goddamn time, right? And I'm just like, all right, so I, th- that's something that I really want people to do. What's a movie that you, that you think is not exactly. good?
1: Because for exactly. me, two not that good. come to mind is <laughs> Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and <laughs> Half baked I understand why people would hate them, but to me, they're hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. even like with Borat movies, I know I understand why people would hate them, but to me, they're hilarious. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I understand.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, a movie that I don't like. My wife likes more. I don't have how to describe, it, but there's like uh, certain movies that just like they're not bad movies. I can't even think, think on top of my head, but they're not bad movies. But they're they're just. I like more movies that's like more traditional storytelling, right? And there's just some movies that's more experiential, like yeah, okay, maybe that was a great experience. But I'm like, I don't... I didn't come here to watch an experience. I came here to watch a movie with a story with a beginning and an end. And so, to me, I like more movies like that. And that's, again, not to say the movies that I like that are bad, because I've seen some beautiful movies, right? They're just not my cup of tea. I'm not going to sit down and go, oh, I'm going to watch this movie. I, like I said, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But, um, but there's some movies I like that that I'm just like... I,
1: right. I don't judge people for fun. that. Like, when yeah. I used to see people lining up for Twilight movies, I would never do that, and I can understand it, but these people feel strongly about these movies, so I'm not one to judge them. Like, the same way a lot mm-hmm. of our own black people, they, they'll say stuff like, oh, man, I can't watch Star Wars. I' This is so boring to me. I was like, all right, cool. Then I'll show them The Empire Strikes Back, and they hooked on it. And I'm like, this is what you've been missing out on because it's of you being totally so good. judgmental. Like, this is one of the mm-hmm. greatest trilogies of all time and you've missed out on it just based on what other people said. Of course, I'm not going to go to a Star Wars movie dressed up as Dark Maul. I would never do that, but I would be there opening day to see it.
0: Yeah, no, Uh Star Wars wonderful franchise, especially the original trilogy, which is New Hope. They dropped Project the ball with this last Jedi. trilogy,
1: though. I'm not going to even lie. It
0: was too inconsistent. That's what
1: that's what
0: bothered me about that the most. And I I wanna say something about all Star Wars in general, and this is gonna sound like I can't believe you said that the new movies were made better, right? Like that sure they had better writers. But I think if I had to pick rank them, I would put the prequels, even though they're much worse in quality, I would put them above the sequel trilogy just because at least the prequels knew who they were yeah. and were consistent. The 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 sequel trilogies, these ones recently, they're all over the place. The second one, last, uh, was it, uh, yeah, Last Jedi, I think it's called. That one, oh, <laughs> I love that movie. You love that movie? Then they made this last one, like, they, un- yeah, I love that one. They undid it. They they undid everything in this last one, Rise of, uh, Rise yeah, of Skywalker. Yeah, Rise of
1: Skywalker was terrible.
0: They undid everything that, um, uh, Rian Johnson, I believe, the guy who directed Looper. I watched, just to
1: piggyback off that, I watched Looper the other day and it's still a 10 out of 10. One of the greatest movies I've ever seen.
0: Oh, Looper. Great. Uh, My, my, uh, Laws of the day, I think they were just telling me, Oh, have you ever seen this movie? And I was like, and I was like, What? And they were like, It's kind of what that, they, they could think of the name of it. And I was like, And then I was like, Are you talking about Looper? And they were like, oh, yeah, it's great. You should watch. It. I was like, I own that movie. That's how I, was, I love that movie. If you could make a movie, it
1: would have yeah, been Looper. Looper's it had great. literally everything I would want in a movie Bruce Willis being Bruce Willis. You got time travel. You got naked women. You got futuristic drug. Like, literally everything in my <laughs> mind to make a movie, it would be Looper.
0: So we talked about the Lost Ark, and we talked about um, Back to the Future. Is there any other movie um, that you and your own have gone back and watched, and it's like changed your opinion about that movie? And if so, what changed about that movie that upon watching it again, you're like, "Oh, I missed this," or "I didn't understand mm, this before."
1: Uh, let me see. I'm trying to think of one. Mm-hmm. What you mean? Like I disliked it at first, and now I like it, or I just yeah, yeah. Well, not even necessarily like it, but then you
0: don't hate it. So maybe you watch first like, oh, I hate this movie, I don't, I don't like it, but then you watch again like, oh, okay, it's it's okay, or yeah. even actually, say that uh,
1: Batman versus Superman, because I know it got okay. a lot of criticism when it first came out, and deservedly so. But when I watched the director's mm-hmm. cut. It's not nearly as bad as people would like to believe. The only reason I believe that it was so negatively criticized was because it came out the same time as Civil War. And when you compare the two, of course it's going to look terrible in comparison. Because at that time, Marvel was a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. They couldn't so, do anything wrong. And then here you come Zack Snyder with his vision, and it's like it's dark, it's moody, it's really angry, it's aggressive, and it's like a Batman we've never seen before. So it's like people just weren't used to it. And, of course, they're going to dislike it because they're just blinded by the MCU. And deservedly so. Marvel deserved their praise for Mm -hmm. what they've done over the years. But once I watched the director's cut, it made sense what he was trying to do. It really made sense. So I'm going to agree with you Mm -hmm.
0: partially on that statement. I, during, during the quarantine, COVID, whatever you want to call it, during, since this has happened, I went back and watched Batman vs Superman. I, I saw it originally when it came out. I went to the theater and saw it and I didn't like it. And I was like, oh, I heard everyone saying, the director cut is better. Just watch the director's cut. I was like, okay, i watched the director's cut. I watched the director's cut. It is a better film. I still wouldn't watch it again, but it is a much better film than the non-director's cut because the story that Jack Mayer is trying, is trying to tell is so much clearer in the director's cut. I, you're right, I get exactly what, where he's trying to go. There are some elements that I'm like, uh, it's just Zack Snyder doing Zack Snyder a little too much, right? For me, but I totally get where he's coming from with that movie. I, I get where he's trying to go. And so, when people say, like, oh, let Zack Snyder make his movies, um, let him make the movies. I, I'm not saying that everybody's gonna like them or then that they're good, but if, if you're gonna let a director make a movie, let them make the movie. When you cut up a director's movie like that, the audience is gonna have a hard time connecting with it because you've got new, you've got butchered scenes that don't make sense out of context. Uh there is one thing about, about that movie that I will defend that a lot of people say they hate, and you may even say you hate it, and I, and I may have to defend myself here, the mark scene. It's not as bad as it's not, as and it's like it I don't think like
1: why people focus people, so much on that. Not, I actually before that, I didn't never realize their mothers had the same names. I never realized that. I, I didn't
0: either. I mean, I knew it, but I didn't realize it. And the thing about that scene is that Batman—if spoiler—if you have not seen this movie, it's like four or five years old. Um, Batman had this vendetta against Superman. He blamed him for the for the disaster that happened in the in Man of Steel that it killed people he loved. He was he had, he was blaming him, right? And he just portrayed him as this monster. And, it's, and then when he's in front of him, he and he's about to kill Superman. And he says, save my mother, Martha. He sees himself. He wants his mother saved. He sees that he's not a monster. He's just a little boy asking you to save his mom because he doesn't want his mom to die. And he saw that in him. And and then when he saw that in Superman, he saw what he was being and what he was becoming. And so it's not a bad scene. Is it the best scene in cinema? No. But the, like... The I don't, I don't, this scene? I
1: don't I get it, it. Like, I think Affleck's reaction to him to Superman saying Martha was terrible but I think Henry Cavill's acting in that movie was pretty well done I don't get why people hate it they act like it's the worst scene in movie history it just brought up a coincidence that everyone has overlooked since 1939 for some reason Right. Yeah. By the way, Henry Cavill is by far the best Superman ever. I don't know if you agree with that, but that's just my opinion on it.
0: I'll tell you my opinion on Henry Cavill Superman. Uh, I grew up on the Reed Superman, and so I'm a little, obviously, I a little nostalgic about the Reed Superman, but I will say this about, Reed, about Henry Cavill Superman. He's probably the more, and people are going to say, what? Because Zack Snyder's films are, mm-hmm. are dark and they are a little angry, right? But Henry Cavill's Superman is the more virtuous Superman over Reeves Superman. Now, people are like, what? Because the Reeves Superman movies are campy, right? If you look at it action by action, what they actually do, Reeves Superman is very petty. Is it really? Those I never he noticed that. I haven't watched them in years, but yeah. is it? Go back and watch those movies. He does some <laughs> messed up stuff, especially in the second one because there's, a, there's some specific scene I'm thinking of. I, you can go and watch it. I'm like, you, like you're like Superman. This is a regular dude. Why are you being petty like this? Um, If you haven't seen uh, Richard Donner's Superman 2, it's from like 1978 or something, 1980. Go watch it. But su- Superman does some petty things in, in that movie. But Henry Cavill's Superman at the end, again, spoiler for Man of Steel if you haven't seen it, he has to kill Zod. Yeah, And that honestly tears him up inside. That yeah. wouldn't have teared up
1: Christopher Reeves, Superman, he had right. no qualms. Even Dean Kane Superman, wouldn't have thought twice about killing Zod. Mm. But Henry Cat, That's why, in my opinion, he's right. like the GOAT Superman. And it's announced that he's coming back for three more Superman movies. I was just as hyped about another Batman film. Because he deserves... They kind of fumbled the ball when it came to him being Superman. So I'm glad... Like, these new people that take over... In- taking over DC films, they've done a pretty good job trying to right the wrongs. The the thing that
0: I'm glad DC is realizing now, and I wish they realized earlier, just don't try to be Marvel. Marvel's doing their own thing. You can do your own thing. Just be something
1: completely different. People may not understand it at first, but they'll come around. They always do. So settle the debate for me. The Avengers and Justice League fight. Who wins? Okay. Before you answer, before you answer, my, In my answer. personal opinion. So, so I mean, before you answer, let me give you my theory. Say it again. I think Justice League washes okay, the right. Avengers within twenty minutes. So, I agree with you absolutely.
0: Um, the thing about DC and Marvel, they're good for different reasons, but the reason why more times than not in, in my opinion. And if you disagree, let me know. You can email me or hit, hit me up on, on our Twitter account if you disagree. Um the reason why that I think any DC character in general, like you put DC against Marvel, why is gonna come out power wise character to character, is because the way they write their characters. Uh Marvel characters yeah. are meant to be more human and they're more their power is more limited in scope. Whereas DC's characters are more almost godlike. Every character who is something, they're the absolute epitome of that thing. So it's like, yeah, Flash versus Quicksilver. Flash would eat Quicksilver. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then, like, I don't even know. Like, they they have like um, a few super- superheroes that's supposed to be like Marvel's Superman, but it, in the day, it doesn't matter. Every DC character is just god tier. Like they they're to me, they seem to mimic the old mythologies of ancient man, right? They're the, like, like tears of gods, right? That's how DC kind of writes their characters, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And so, yeah, you're talking about powerful people versus gods. DC beats Marvel every time. So, yeah, if you're talking about Justice League versus Avengers. I'm...
1: I put it like this. If that fight,
0: they fight, they haven't
1: wrote that. Avengers better hope the X-Men answer their phone that day. They better pray that Charles Xavier answers his <laughs> phone. Because he, if he doesn't and it's just Avengers versus Justice League, it's it's lights out for the Avengers. Cause like Superman would take care of Hope. Wonder Woman would take care of Thor. Um, Batman would have his choice between either Iron Man or uh Captain America. Cyborg would probably take care of Iron Man. Flash would kill Quicksilver. Like, it'll be over pretty quickly. Their best bet would be Black Panther. He would do the most damage. Until, until Superman was like, would be like you know no, what? I... Enough of this. Let me take care of him. And then there's nothing Black Panther could do against a pissed off Superman. Rest in peace to Chadwick. By the way, no, no. I
0: ah, mean... uh, yes. Uh, we we lost Chadwick Bozeman a few weeks ago. Um, he was a wonderful Black Panther. I I was honestly upset, and I that know doesn't happen to me with the Slappy Death. I was honestly like taken aback when I heard that he died. I was so surprised, and I, I was honestly sad, so yes. Um If you were Marvel, how would you handle that
1: going forward? Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so I, I had, had to go ahead with someone else, not necessarily about Marvel and Black Panther, but just about Black Panther in general. A lot of people are telling their children that Black Panther died because Chadwick Boseman died, and I get that because that's the only Black Panther they've seen, but my son me and my son, we watched the Lego Marvel and Lego DC movies, so he's seen Lego Black Panther. He has Black Panther toys. We've seen other Black Panther cartoons. You know, he has a Black Panther coloring book. I and mean, things. My, my son has a lot of Black Panther books. Black Panther is going to live on beyond just Chadwick Boseman's portrayal. Like, kids are going to see him in animation, in comic books. They're going to see him in TV shows and things like that going forward. So I did not tell my son that black panther died i didn't tell myself anything about what happened yeah i, I think he's, he's pretty young so i think Re- the best bet is to recast i know that's gonna that's gonna upset a lot of people It's like oh no don't recast because they love check both in Panther so much but i think it's more important to have the representation than to uh and, and the people who originally made the movie i think that's why they want that movie because they wanted to representation if that goes away because of Chadwick Boseman I think that's a that does a blow to the idea of the movie the movies supposed to have a, a representation for black kids to see black superheroes in in film and other places so I I think the best thing
1: really I was not expecting recast. you to say that not, yeah. um yeah no. if I was Kevin you gotta, Feige you gotta, you gotta recast it the first thing I would do is approach Michael B I would be like, listen, I understand Chadwick's going. If you open to coming back with Killmonger, becoming a totally different person and taking a crown, cool. But if you don't feel comfortable with that, I understand. If he said yes, I'm all for it. And that's how we're going to proceed from here on out. I don't know how I would handle T'Challa's death on screen. I haven't figured that out yet. But that's how I would do it. If he said no to that, then I guess the only other yeah. logical the only other logical outcome is to make sure the, the Black Panther I, like honestly I Far think the way the world way. is I think it would take a dip in box office sales but it's the only logical choice besides Michael B coming back to me that's how yeah
0: no, you know, a lot of people probably feel that way. A lot of people are really connected to Cherry Bozeman as Black Panther, so I don't think they would have a okay. uh, difficult time with that. But uh, like I said, just in my opinion. I, I think it's best. I think because I mean, the movie wasn't supposed to come out for a few years. You anyway, so know, I think until twenty twenty two. the character of T'Challa. We have time.
1: Who would you want to see? be you know, I have to ask. Who would you want to see? Yeah. To T'Challa. Because I have someone in mind. I mean,
0: I, you go. I, I don't have anything, anyone in mind. I just I, think I know he probably can't do
1: it, but I would go with Jonathan Majors. Mm, no, he can't oh, no, do it, he's, but he's, that would have been my been first choice Ant-Man, if they were going to recast him. But now, I mean, without him, mm-hmm. maybe John David Washington. But I don't think the out the, the outrage they would get from recasting Charlotte would be ridiculous. So I don't think they would even want to take foot in that. I don't. I think they're gonna stay far away from that as possible.
0: Kevin Feige, um, I don't know him personally, obviously, uh, but he's uh, been doing a really good job of managing. Marvel Studios and keeping a vision and how he wants things to go. And he's also been doing a pretty good job of handling uh Disney. Because Disney owns Marvel and so they get the final say. But he's been um as uh leading Marvel Studios, he's been doing pretty good at like managing Disney and keeping his vision in place. So I'm sure that Kevin Feige is already working up the solution that's gonna work just fine for Marvel, whatever that is, whether it's recasting passing the mantle whatever right. like he's sure a comic book nerd like honest.
1: the rest of us so i'm pretty sure he's doing his due diligence when it comes to this like he knew that people wanted to see mahershala yeah. ali in the mcu so he brought in mahershala and was like whatever you want to do let's make it happen so he gave him his choice what he wanted to do and of course mahershala being a real brother he was like i want to be Blade, man I want to be Blade, like make it happen. <laughs> so they went out and got the rights back to Blade.
0: Yeah, a lot of Marvel characters' rights are, are coming back. Obviously, spider mans not coming back anytime. Even though he he is an MCU, Sony still owns the film rights to that character. They it Oh yeah, anything, just Spider-Man anytime. villains. Uh, but like Marvel. Just Spider-Man and the Spider-Man villains. So Marvel is basically leasing Sp- yeah. Spider-Man from Sony. Um, so, yeah. So anything connected with Spider-Man, any of his supporting characters and villains are still owned by Sony. But most other characters, um, Marvel has back. They're, even uh, a lot of people don't realize this.
1: Yeah. Uh, you Marvel just actually own, doesn't that's
0: have the rights back to Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Universal, Universal Studios still owns those rights. The loophole they have is that whatever contract they sign with the Studios, the Hulk can appear in as many team up movies as Marvel wants to make. So, as long as it's not a Hulk movie, they can put Hulk in whatever movie they want to. The second they try right. to make a Hulk movie, but he can studios. be in as many
1: Avengers movies as they want him to be in. But yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What? What's a film that you wish you could do? I thought about this the other day. Time?
1: And there was probably. You mean like the overall okay. experience or just the movie itself? Yeah. The
0: overall experience and the movie. So like. You've seen this movie and the experience watching the first time was so amazing. And you get to do it again. Like you get to actually do it again. Like the memories get like stored in the bank. You You go in fresh. You get to watch this movie for the first time. Not knowing what's going on, I'm going to we'll give you two. What as far as a movie, you want to do that with
1: it, would be Inception. Mm-hmm. As far as an experience, I would say Get Out. Okay. It. Because it was just mind blowing. Okay. Like, I seen it at like the blackest time you can see it. I saw it, me and my girl, we seen it at Friday at 8 p.m. like the blackest time you could see a movie. And it did not disappoint. Like, people were jumping up and down the aisles. Like, it was just a beautiful thing to see. So, yeah, those are my two.
0: So, we t- I know we were talking about Kevin Feige a little earlier, and we were talking about David Finchner and some other directors and things like that and studio heads. Who, Who do you think? Has the most influence
1: over a film? Director, uh, writer, actor. That's a good question. Who? Um, the most influence. Well, the easy answer for that would be the movie studio, but as far as the actual movie, I would probably say the director. Right, the actual yeah. production. Because yeah. it's his job. To Why? Take what's written on paper and translate it to a big screen. Like it's his sole job to get that, to get that dramatic effect mm-hmm. out of the actor, to get the surroundings correct, to get the tone correct, to get the vibe correct, and if it's not correct, it's definitely going to show. So I would believe it's the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I,
0: you know, uh, I agree, with the director. And the thing I always tell people when I say who when they ask those kind of questions, like it's always the reason for me, the reason why I say director is because a good director can pull a good performance out of a bad actor. But uh, a good actor can't do anything with a bad director. If the director's just giving bad directing, then that's just the end of it, right? And the same thing with the, the writing. A good director can like twist a bad script into something decent or even good if they're a good enough director. But if those other two, are the writer
1: and right. the actor. Can't like, do you do watch uh, Lovecraft Country? Like, I don't know if you I ever read the book, Love but there are some very I... different things from the book as opposed to the TV show. And I think the reason they did that, the director, was because yeah. some of the things in the book wouldn't have translated well or the things he wanted translated better than what were in the book so like that's the director's decision so that goes back to our point yeah. why the director is the most important person mm-hmm. so just for so, so people
0: in the audience know when you when it comes to TV shows the director, what we would call a director who would have the same position in the movie is more, is more likely the showrunner because they Hire other people to actually do the actual directing per episode, but the showrunner acts as basically what we would think of as the director for a TV show, and and that is uh I think I don't want to say her name wrong, I know her last name is Green, I think it's Misha Green. She also did she also did Underground, um and she did a wonderful job with Lovecraft Country. Um she turned that into something very special. Because like you said, the book I have not read the book, but but I do know that the book is different. I also know the book was also written by a white man, and so what she was able to make for uh, the commentary on race in America with that show was uh, wonderful. She took whatever was in the book and just made it probably some of the best TV I've seen. Right. I mean, this year has been like, really good. Spoiler you know, alert for uh, the
1: people that's in the audience. But really like,
0: from Just TV one TV difference
1: is like in the book, Uncle George doesn't die. Like, Look how big of an impact Uncle George dying okay. had compared to if he would have lived
0: uh, yeah no no exactly I, you know uh, that was such an impact on the story I remember when he did die um, I was surprised because I thought he was going to die because just because I know Courtney B. Vance who is who is the actor that played Uncle George he's he's married to a- Angela Bassett um, I know the actor pretty well he's a good actor he doesn't he doesn't get enough work he should be getting way more work than what he's getting um but when he showed up and I, and I knew that the showrunner was black and a lot of the actors were black and things like that, um, I was like, oh, he's not going to make it past the first episode. And he did make it past the first episode. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe he's going to be in it. <laughs> yeah, the second episode. And uh, I was like, oh, they completely got me. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I have not seen, I have not re- read the book, but just one thing that I know a lot of people talk about that's different from the book is that. Uh, there's no Christina
1: in there, the book. There is one, she's but she's like, a she's
0: yeah, it's, it's a boy,
1: is not a girl.
0: Yeah, so her whole, but her that that her whole story arc is completely different in the book. It has to be because she's a woman, and there are certain things that she's after as a woman in the show that as a as a man she wouldn't have the same right. motivation.
1: And like in the book, D or Diana, she's a boy as opposed to a girl. So like if mm. she was. A boy, and I don't think, like, in the if she was a boy in the TV show, then we wouldn't have gotten her dealing with the jigaboos, we wouldn't have seen that type of mm-hmm. relationship she had with Emmett Till. So it's like sometimes things are changed for the best. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: No, I, I, yeah, no, but we, we both agree, mm-hmm. director/slash showrunner, uh, whatever mm-hmm. we call it, is probably the better. Who who has the most influence over a film or a show? And I I'm not surprised that, that we agree. Ari Gold put so, us on
1: Game years ago, man. <laughs> Ari Gold.
0: Oh, that show. I yeah I, I never watched that movie. I heard it, it was, man. but we gonna overlook that. <laughs> so speaking of directors, since we've already said that we both think the director has most influence over a film or show, uh. Who is a director you think more people should pay attention mm. to?
1: Um, a director I feel people should pay more attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, one person I would say that deserves more flowers is David Fincher. I know we talked on that earlier. And I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he doesn't mm-hmm. care. He got his millions in the bank, so it's probably nothing to him. But I think people should. Like, they should hold him in higher regard than what they currently do um jordan peele i know like people he not missing out on anything because he gets praised for everything he does but i think people need to like really take a deeper look at get out and realize how brilliant and classic of a movie it really was i know that's like my third time bringing that movie up mm-hmm. but
0: no, no, Uh Get Out is good. It is I, I would also call it a classic. I would, you know, I was just talking this conversation with my wife the other day. We were looking at something we were talking about oh, classic movies. I'm like, oh I was like, some of some movies weren't that old. She's so like, I was like, a movie to be a classic doesn't
1: have to be old. Right. To be old. Another one is uh Ryan Coogler. Uh, like, take take Black Panther Hoover, out the mix yes. and you still got Fruitvale Station. Fruitvale and Station. you still it's got uh, Creed and the difference between Creed Creed. Creed 2 and is like, I, you can tell he wasn't there.
0: Yes. I. You know, I don't have a problem with Creed 2, but you, you can tell it's it different just, film. film. Like, right. Creed is... Nah, go ahead. Oh, no, go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. Creed is so... I I don't know how to describe it. It's hard to... Creed is so tight in the way he films that film, it's close to the audience you feel close to the character. He's pulling you in. And like, when things are emotional, they're really emotional because they, they just feel closer to you than like in a lot of other movies. And I don't know how he did that, but I remember seeing that in theaters. I remember leaving that movie. I was like, whoa. He really turned like a, a Rocky franchise and really like made me care. And I mean, I know a lot of people like Rocky. I, I was never that big of a fan.
1: but When I watched Creed, I was like, whoa, right, he did something right here. It's like day so from the first one he, to the second he, one. And like like you said, the second one isn't a bad movie, but the first one just had that... Like, the way he filmed that boxing scene, that first one, it was just... Well, not... It was his second fight when he fought, uh, I think the guy name was Leo. And he, the way he did, like, the 360 camera, like, that was just beautifully done. And it's like, the second one mm-hmm. just didn't have it. It just didn't have that emotional scope. And, like, it had so many things where... It could have had it, but it just wasn't there. And that's something mm-hmm. I believe, honestly, you can have all the teaching in the world, but that's one of them things, whether you, whether you have it or you don't. Like the dude yeah. said to reference Get Out, like the dude said, you got that eye, man. And that's one of them things you either have or you don't.
0: Yeah. So well, you said Jordan Peele, Ryan Coogler, David Fincher, any know, other directors? Man. People should be looking out for? Uh,
1: None really come to mind at the moment. If I think of anyone else, I'll let you know.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, What about actors? um, Who who is an actor you think people should be paying more attention to? Like, right now, living actors. Who's who's the best actor right now, living actors?
1: Uh, That's a good one. Oh, of course I'm going to say Denzel. Okay. Of course, Leo. And mm-hmm. I think as far as up and coming, I think Jonathan Majors is on his way. I really think he's okay. like, he has that strong screen presence the way Denzel does. Like, I went back and I watched Malcolm X recently. And man, I forgot how mm-hmm. brilliant of a job Denzel did in that movie. Oh, uh, it, it,
0: It's... It's one of his best performances, and uh, yes, he, he was, was. robbed. Of the it's Oscar not just
1: one of his best performances; it's one of the best performances ever, in my opinion. He
0: and i, I don't mean that it just he should have gotten the, an Oscar. He was nominated. He
1: should I won't say up
0: for Malcolm X. He just—he just didn't get it.
1: I think he won for Sin mm-hmm. of a Woman, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Al Pacino, Yeah, Alpacino won for Sin and of a Woman that year. Comparing Sin of a Woman to Malcolm X is like. Comparing an NBA team to a high school team, in my opinion. Nothing against Al Pacino and Sin of a
0: woman, but uh Right. He gave in us the one and two. We're yes. gonna
1: ignore it. the third one. He gave us Serpico, he gave us Dog Day Afternoon, he gave us uh Carlito's Way. so nothing against him at all. But I mean, come on, Denzel literally embodied Malcolm X. Yes.
0: You know, a lot of people who are who are younger, even though we have the internet, I I I've come across a few people who are younger than me that they think of Denzel when they think of Malcolm X. They don't. I'm like, they're like, oh, not saying that they thought Denzel was Malcolm X, but just when they see a picture of Malcolm X, they're like, oh, I didn't. That's not who I thought of when I thought of Malcolm X because they think we, of Denzel. That's how we got a question for you.
1: Speaking of Malcolm X, um, you think in today's mm-hmm. era. They could be a Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? I say no, but I would like your opinion on it.
0: You know, uh, I don't know. The world is so different now than it was then. How people rose to the top and and leadership is different now. Um, If there were going to be an equivalent leader now, how they would become that, it would be different so it, it's hard yeah. to say um, because there may be and they're just different right they just look different or there may be one one day and they just don't look like a Malcolm or a Martin right because the world is different right you can't like, expect the same mm-hmm. type of leaders in a different type of world
1: I say no because I know this going to sound weird but take this journey with me before you completely write me off I say no because of Twitter. Because if it was a Malcolm or a Martin today, you got to figure, he would be around our age, correct? So it Probably. would be nothing for people to dig up his past and post screenshots of it. And none of us were perfect in our past. Like, Martin Luther King didn't have his civil awakening until his, like, late 20s, early 30s. Malcolm X had like a very rough past before he, I mean, you know what? Malcolm Little had a very rough beginning before he became Malcolm X. Same with uh, Maya Angelou. So it's like, I think Black Twitter, it wouldn't let us forget their past and wouldn't let us focus on their future because they would think this person is a scammer and they have every right to do so. But I don't think they would allow Mm -hmm. it. Like they they won't be as forgiving for our past mistakes as people in the 60s and 50s were. Like if they somebody was like this bright Mm -hmm. revolutionary that came up, they would bring up pictures of them partying and dancing when they were 18, 19 years old. Or like they would have screenshots of them talking kind of sexual to a woman. And it's like they will completely write them off as a person after that. So I don't really think we would have one of those. We we would be able to have one of those today. But that's just my take on it. Yeah.
0: No, no. I mean, uh, social media has impacted our culture in a way that uh, even with when we were younger, and social media was becoming uh, that we couldn't have I- imagined. Uh, I mean, the way it impacts over world, we we couldn't have have imagined. Um, it's different. What we expect of our leaders um, now versus then is different. Uh, like I said before, the, the world is different. So, I I think we we all have to get to a point um, where we have to weigh right. people. I don't think versus the realize, realize how bad. powerful right, Black so like
1: Twitter is. Like, of course, you have Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. But Black Twitter is, like, the most powerful out of all of those. Like, and not even, like, in a bad way. Like, take a movie like Bird Box. That movie came out, that very average movie came out. And Black people watched it. It came out in a weekend where there wasn't much going on. Like, I I think there wasn't any football that weekend. I don't think there was any basketball. So it's like everybody just put on Netflix and watch that average movie. And next thing you know, we got memes and funny moments. And that movie shot to number one just because of black Twitter. And don't think these studios and these presidents don't take notice of this. Because they do. Yeah, People...
0: Black, you, you, black people in general, the uh, the level of influence that that we have, just yeah, you know, people amongst ourselves, even right, and the, and how much people appreciate, or maybe not even maybe appreciate is not the word, but the way people admire certain things about our culture, those things are powerful. Um, so no, you're right. I mean, I'm sure people are paying attention to what's going on on Black Twitter as they should, because you know what black people care about, what they are watching, listening to, complaining about, all those things are very important. And the the reason why that is is because people need an outlet. People need a place to do those things. They need to say, tell you what they like. They need a place to tell you what they're upset about. And I think Twitter and other social media spots have, have become yeah. those places. Yeah. So Man, we talked about movies, we talked about actors, directors, uh, we talked about going to the movie theater, which is something that we both love. Is there anything, any last words about movies?
1: Um, I'm just trying to get my ideas and my, my vision off the ground. And I don't want you to ever think that I gave up on mm-hmm. it because I never will. It just hasn't gone according to plan yet. I've come close a couple times. I don't think I've... I'm not sure if I told you about it or not, but I uh, entered this writing contest that Issa Rae had, and they had, like, thousands of uh, entrants. I made it down to the semifinals, and eventually I didn't win. But... And I let that affect me for a while, man. Like, I just stopped writing altogether because I felt like I wasn't good enough. But then I... One day I just woke up, and I was like, you know what? That might have been a blessing in disguise because... If I would have won, they say my show would have got picked up by BET and BET would have butchered my show. So maybe that was a blessing in disguise. I see the show that they did pick. I watch it on BET from time to time and it's terrible. And I'm not just saying that because I didn't win. It's just a terrible show. (laughs) So I don't want you to ever think that I gave up on writing or directing because me and you have discussed a film idea recently that I think can be amazing.
0: Yeah, we have. We, have. Yeah. we, we still we need a title.
1: Which I can't believe a title for this movie. We still need a title. Um, yeah. I had another movie idea. I had we'll, another movie we'll idea the other day that I wanted to run past you, and I probably will. Uh, this coming week.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, I don't cool. want you to
1: ever think that I'm not doing my part to get my ideas off the ground and onto the screen because
0: yeah. I just just I hasn't
1: happened problem. yet, but. My ultimate goal in life is to hold up that Oscar. Whether it's by virtual Oscar or in life or in real life Oscar. Because my speech is gonna it's not gonna have a dry eye in the room after my speech.
0: It's I gonna to like ha- hearing it, brother. Last question. Last question. No. Do you know what it is? What's the title of your autobiography?
1: Ah, uh, that's a good one. Title my autobiography. It will probably probably be, "Look what you made me." Look what you made me. Pretty good, yes, sir. That's pretty good. Hey, man, it was my pleasure.
0: Oh, drop your social media. Is there anything else you want people to know? You got any
1: website? I'm not going to give anything people anything my Twitter because to I'm too reckless on there. <laughs> I will give All people right. my Instagram. It's bossavelli. Um, I post a lot of my stories. Um, today I posted this thing that offers free therapy to black men because I really feel like we need it. I'm trying to get the word out to brothers. There's nothing wrong with fixing your mental health. And I encourage that going forward. That's
0: good, brother. Because uh, yes, mental health sir. is very. It's important also important everybody.
1: to pick the right therapist. That's a very important thing as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. I look forward to talking again, it. my brother. All right.
0: Of course. We'll talk to you. I want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and share this podcast on social media. It helps. Follow us on Twitter at Ordinary Show Pod. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest, please email us at TheOrdinaryShowPodcast at com. And as always, I'd like to remind you there's nothing wrong with being ordinary. Some of the best people I know are ordinary.